Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and welcome to Martin Luther King Jr. Week as we continue to celebrate a true champion of all time who fought the fight for freedom so well. And I want to thank so many of you for all of the calls, emails. As I say frequently on this show, I have the best listening audience in the world. I do. I have such a loyal following, and I appreciate how you're helping me change the way people think about people with disabilities. And today we have a champion on the show. It truly is my honor to have her as a guest on our show because I know her, many of you know of her, but she has become the champion foremost in the world of accessibility for people with disabilities, not just in the United States. And she is also highly recognized as a leader, a spokesperson. She is a New Freedom Initiative award winner, a very passionate advocate, speaker, mother, CEO, and friend to all of us, Deborah Rue, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joyce. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it is an honor to have you. And Deborah, since this show is heard throughout the world, I want to make sure everyone knows you know, a lot about you and your company, Tech Access, which you are the founder and president of. So my first question for our listeners is, how about if you tell everyone how and why you became involved in the world of accessibility and the world of disability? Well, thank you, Joyce. I would love to. Um, about uh, seven years ago, my daughter, who has Down syndrome and is a huge passion in my life, um, she started middle school, and she started. She had been talking about being a nurse and. Um, the transition specialists had started to come in and talk to us about the options she would have for employment. And as I listened to what their suggestions were based on her abilities, her academic abilities at the time were pretty, which were pretty minimal. And based on what her dreams were, there was a huge disconnect. So I sort of woke up to some of the employment issues for people with disabilities. At the time, I was more focused on what I knew, which was intellectual disabilities or cognitive disabilities, just because my family had been impacted by that. But the more I really woke up to the issue and started looking around, I thought, well, there's a huge issue out here. And at the time, I felt I could be part, I could be part of the solution or part of the problem. And so I decided I wanted to be part of the Solution. So I created a technology company because that was what my background was in. I was in the banking industry for many years in technology. So I created a technology company, and my mission was and continues to be to hire the majority of the workers were going to be people with disabilities. So it started because of a, a passion that I had for my daughter, and it has grown into we have over 60 employees um, and associates and most of our employees have very uh, have all different types of disabilities including some of our employees have very severe disabilities so well you know what that is 
such a great story. <clears throat> How many people are there out there that hear people say, your child can't do this? And, you know, look what you did. You right. turned it into a whole new world. That is truly awesome that you. you did that. It really is. Kudos to you. So now <clears throat> you made a decision you wanted to be part of the solution. What made you decide to focus on accessibility? Well, when I when I first started down the path, I knew I wanted to be in technology, and and then as I was looking around at the technology, and I started hiring certain different people. Um, some associates uh, could only use one hand. One associate was blind. Um, we started realizing we had accessibility problems, and right at the same time, right around that time frame, two thousand and one. Um, the Section 508, um, the Rehabilitation Act was being revisited, and Section 508 was on a lot of people's radars. And we thought, oh, as a matter of fact, Dr. Larry Scadden, who used to be the director over at the National Science Foundation, was the first person that told me, you know, you really should take this company and focus on Section 508. And I thought, oh, what a great idea. We are the people that are impacted by inaccessibility offering services to support um, accessibility for people with disabilities, uh, making sure everything is fully accessible and for people that are aging because we're finding more and more that as um, people are aging, they're acquiring disabilities that impact their ability um, to properly use a computer or technology if accessibility has not been designed into the product or the solution. Well, so it sort of dovetailed. Well, that was a great advice because there is such a need still today for accessibility at many corporations and within parts of the federal government. So that's, you know, that is a ongoing need, not just here, but of course then in other parts of the world. But, you know, I want to, before we go to our first break, I want to take a question from a listener. And we have a question from Linda in Maine. And the question is, uh, Ms. Rue, it's wonderful what you're doing. I was wondering if you ever speak anywhere about the issue of eugenics in reference to children with Down syndrome. I know it is a terrible topic, but it's a fact that so many people today are choosing to abort the child if they have Down syndrome. Do you ever speak about this? Um, wow, what, what a great question. Um, I have never been asked to speak about that, but as you can imagine, I would love to talk about that, but you could probably also guess which side of the fence I'm going to be on. My daughter, Sarah, she has been such a blessing to us in every single aspect of our lives. And Sarah is high-functioning in some ways, and then there's other ways that she, well, I guess she's like everybody else. She has abilities and disabilities. But what a great topic, and I would be very passionate, but as you could imagine, I, I don't think we get to pick what our, who our children are going to be. Are they going to be, you know, blonde, red hair, dark hair, dark skin? I mean, some of that is genetics, but I, um, I would have lost so much if I had made a different decision about, uh, my life would be so different, um, not having Sarah in it. Sarah's been such an inspiration to us, and I, I've seen, um, I've seen people that have made different decisions, and that's fine for them. But um, anyway, 
I'm babbling. Um, I have not talked about the subject, but as you could tell, I would be very passionate for for giving people a chance at life, especially somebody that's adding value to our world like Sarah Rue. Well, you know, um, that is a hot topic right now. But certainly I would suggest, you know, you could recommend Deborah as a speaker, <clears throat> whether that be through the National Down Syndrome Society um, or whatever groups, you know, whenever they have conferences. But um, I want to tell you that I think that is a very, very important topic. I agree. And it's a powerful topic. Yeah. Where would life have been without your daughter? Oh, I know. And look at the people that have been helped because what she inspired. And every day she inspires me. She inspires me to be calm a little bit more. And she, she's just, she's such an inspiration to me and to so many others. And that's just one person. To start multiplying it out. The problem is <clears throat> lack of education. Really People is. having the wrong views about children with Down syndrome. Just as Deborah said at the beginning, people saying um, that, you know, for her daughter in school that she could only do certain things. But, you know, if there had not been a Sarah, look at all these people with disabilities that would have never met Deborah Rue. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Haven't we gone down this path before, determining that people can only be a certain way? We've done this over and over in our society. It's not true. The people, the brilliant, talented people that work at Tech Access who are blind, who are deaf, who are deaf and blind, who have cerebral palsy, quadriplegia, paraplegia, traumatic brain injury, mental health issues, they're brilliant and they have something to say. Every single day I learn by, from these people. And I hope they learn from me. That's yeah. what we makes made, us great. We, and as Deborah alluded to, this mistake was horribly made many years ago. Yeah. And it was made in Germany by Adolf Hitler. Yep. You know, when you start saying, we don't need you, why? Well, because you're not like us. You're heading down a terrible, terrible, terrible path. So, you know, I agree with Deborah 100%. That is a great question. Anyone listening to the show, I would recommend if uh, there is ever a conference, anything related to disability or intellectual disabilities, that, you know, that would be a great thing would be to recommend Deborah Rue as a speaker because she is surely one person that can talk about, look what happened from knowing Sarah. That alone is a great, great topic. But how many people have I met, and by the way, uh, that I have working or have placed at companies that have intellectual disabilities? So where is the idea that these people should not be living is beyond my wildest dreams. I'll tell you a real short story, Joyce. There is a young man, his name is Kyle Mayhew, and he had cerebral palsy, well, had cerebral palsy and was in the class with Sarah when she was in sixth grade when I was making this decision. This young man had just a soul as big as the world. He was incredible. Um, and he, he went through high school with Sarah, graduated, um, went to the prom, and unfortunately he passed away this summer. And it, it killed a lot of us. We just... It broke our hearts. And somebody said to me, well, see, Deborah, when you're hanging around with those kind of people, that's what's going to happen. 
I was uh, like, oh, my God, do you not get? I am such a better person from being around this incredible young man. I am such a better person. I would not give that up for anything. Sorry. Oh, what yeah. a topic. Yeah. <laughs> you, but, you know, I don't know even how people can think that. I really don't. That, that it's very frightening, and that's why genetic testing and all of these things can lead down a horrible path for people with disabilities. <clears throat> you have to remember when people start saying, we don't need to give you health insurance because, which already is happening, right. and then can turn into, do you even want to have that child when they have this genetic you know, predisposition, which is what's happening right now with Down syndrome. And it's going to happen in many other areas. It already has with, you know, spina bifida and some other disabilities. And yet, here are some of the greatest people in the world that have contributed mm. to so much would not be allowed to be here. What well, a horrible thought. I agree. And I'll tell you a good story about insurance. You have a company like Tech Access that the majority of our people are people with all different types of different disabilities. And I thought, and many people thought, you'll never be able to get insurance. You'll never be able to get insurance. Well, guess what? Your customer, WellPoint slash Anthem, they provided us um, insurance at very affordable rates. Every one of my employees have a great benefit package. So we are making some progress. Maybe in the past, a company like Tech Access, nobody would have insured us. We're insured now. We have a really nice benefit package and and I just am always hopeful that things are going to get better. But we do need to continue to argue that there's a place in the world for everyone. That is right. And with that, we'll be right back. We're going to go to break. If you just joined us, you're in for a great show because we have Deborah Rue, the founder and president of Tech Access. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. The world leader in Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. 
Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back, and if you're looking for a company to help you with your accessibility issues for people with disabilities, you're listening to the right show today because we have Deborah Rue, the founder and president of Tech Access. And Deborah, maybe you could take a minute and tell our listeners, you know, the mission of Tech Access, you know, what what some of the projects are, or type of things you do, uh, or some of your customers, just so any businesses listening to the show um, would know some of the areas you work in. Okay, great. Thanks, Joyce. Well, we help organizations, whether they be Industry, government, state, education, nonprofits, multinational organizations, make sure that their technology is fully accessible to everyone. And that could be a website, <clears throat> like we worked with Canon, www.canon.com, to make sure that was fully accessible to all of their customers in, in an international, at an, on an international basis. We also have worked with HP quite a bit to make sure that um, their e-learning is fully accessible and their products and are, are they saying the right thing in their marketing and their newsletters. And we do a lot with HP to um, help build awareness. Um, we've worked with quite a few government agencies like Department of Education and U.S. Patent and Trademark Offices to make sure that those agencies, that their technology, their software applications, once again, their e-learning, their distance learning, their websites, internet and intranet, that they're fully accessible. And if you don't consider accessibility in the design phase, it's very possible that you could create a website or a software application that people that are using assistive technology or maybe people like we were discussing with intellectual disabilities or um, different kind of um, mental cognitive disabilities, um, even people that are senior citizens or where English is not the first language can be impacted by accessibility. So we've done work with um, IBM, who is just a real leader with accessibility, and um, just a host of other companies, including Wachovia, uh, AT&T, MCI, um, and a lot of states. The Commonwealth of Virginia is really paying attention to accessibility. They have adopted 
in the Commonwealth of Virginia, the Section 508 standards across the board, and they're asking all the state agencies and all of the state universities provide fully accessible technology, websites, internet, intranet software to all of its citizens. So we're yeah, really making right. Nice well, project. I know that in the state of Virginia you have done so much, and so many, you know, really powerful leaders there. Um, in addition, you know, you have Catherine McCary, the head of the United States BLN. <clears throat> you have Commissioner Rothrock, who mm-hmm. is fantastic. Uh, the Assistant Secretary Grizzard is originally from there, as is the Assistant Secretary Hager. So you, right. you really have a lot of disability leaders. We really Virginia. do. And Catherine McCary at SunTrust, she was another one that inspired me. I used to, I used to work for Crestar that was acquired by SunTrust and Whenever I looked at my daughter and the technology, I thought, well, wait a minute, maybe I could do this because I saw what SunTrust was doing to hire and support people with disabilities. Is that right? Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. She is an awesome person. She really is. <clears throat> she really is. She is a great person. Yeah. Well, Deborah, it still amazes me today that so many companies are afraid of hiring people with disabilities because, what do they say to me? Joyce, if we do that, our accommodation costs will be so high. It will cost us so much money. Um, you know, we don't know what we'll run into. And I'm always so amazed that so many people still think that. Do you run into this often? You know, do people say that to you? For example, people often are concerned if the person's blind, it's going to cost them so much money if they hire the person. Do you hear those things? I hear it all the time, and I hear things like, well, if I hire people with disabilities, I have to give them their own bathroom, right? And and they're going to take a lot more sick days. And they, and what if they sue me? <laughs> and I, I think, what? That doesn't even make any sense. I haven't had to do any of that, and I find that the accommodations that we make for all of our employees, including sometimes we have to accommodate our employees without designated disabilities because, you know, life happens to people. Sometimes I have to, I just accommodated one of my employees because he just had a baby. His wife just had a baby. So we accommodated his work schedule so he could be there for his wife and his new baby girl. That's accommodations. didn't cost me anything. If anything, it just made my my employee more loyal to Tech Access because he appreciates that we understand that sometimes life isn't about work. Right. Yes, how true that is. And you know what? Uh, Where Tech Access can really help you is I often, I just said this the other day, I guess I need to take Deborah Rue in first when I'm talking to some of these companies because they don't understand that with assistive technology today, that people with disabilities can compete equally. Um, And so a question, uh, Deborah, that we had more than one email from uh, various listeners asking this question, does Tech Access go into corporations and do some type of training on accessibility? What do you do to educate companies? Yes, we do a lot of training. We do. We will go in and we will help companies with their diversity training to make sure that they're building accessibility awareness right into that training. We will. We do a lot of training um, for um, the web developers or the 
software programmers and the application developers to teach them how do you design with accessibility in mind. A lot of times our customers will come back and say, well, will you also train us to test using a screen reader like JAWS or Windows Eyes or even with Dragon, naturally speaking? So we will um, also provide testing. I will provide training on how to test with assistive technology to make sure that I mean that's one way that that's one way to do uh, testing. I say the best way to do testing is to test with people that have those disabilities using assistive technology. But they're also a place to interweave accessibility testing right into your QA and your testing um, methodologies. So we do quite well, a bit. Well, is of there training. a way, for example, people that go into technical support or help desk administration who are blind? who have to use JAWS software, but now they're having to access tons and tons of screens from so many different places. Um, would you ever be able to go into companies and help them with something like that? Because that is one of the reasons that some companies uh, are concerned about hiring a person who is blind in help desk. Absolutely. We do that all the time. As a matter of fact, we're working with a company right now that is a, a big Internet provider, and they want to um, introduce people of different, with different disabilities into their call center. And we're starting with, um, and sometimes it's okay to start with certain segments, but we're starting with people that have physical disabilities and people that are blind or have vision impairment. So that, um, and we're taking in a little bite-sized pieces like that. And we're um, showing them what they have to do and how would you train these associates and how do you get them um, up to speed and ready to work, and we're having a lot of successes. Now, we don't do, uh, we don't go and find people with disabilities for them to employ. We're not an employment agency. We help them get ready for their employees. And, and once their employees are there, um, for example, they hired, they started off hiring a, um, a really smart woman that happens to be deaf. And so they said, well, we we did these things, and I said, well, give her access to IM, Instant Messenger, because then she'll be able to dialogue with her coworkers, which is, you know, that's pretty much free. And so they did that, and that immediately started helping the dialogue between uh, the, the associates. And what we found, and not only at Tech Access, and you know this, Joyce, but the people that come in with, quote, disabilities, are the ones that are going to be there, the first ones that will be there when it snows. and They're they the first ones that they have the best attitudes. And you will get a very high-quality employee a lot of times when you hire people with disabilities. And that's not just wishful thinking. There are statistics that have proven that. So See, this is what my point is, that if uh, a company like Tech Access would go to some companies, uh, you know, when I first meet them, because this attitudinal barrier about employing people with disabilities in corporate America and in the federal government is so strong. It really is. That it sometimes takes me years to break, you know, before the person actually starts doing, working with us. And one of their big fears is, of course, they can't, how many times have people said to me, but how would a blind person do this programming? Right. Or how would a blind person be an accountant? 
And I believe that if a company such as yours was put on a retainer and could go in and educate them first and show them this, that that would also help break down the attitudinal barriers. And you're right, and that's what we've seen. We've just, it goes back to that word you used before, awareness. And you have a company like Tech Access that we're doing it. Don't tell me a technology company can't hire programmers. Don't tell me they can't hire web developers that have disabilities. We're doing it. I just hired a man that has an amazing background. He built, he's built multiple software applications and then sold. He's on his third company that he's about to sell it because he's so brilliant. But six years ago, he became severely disabled to where he has to work from home. When he sent his resume around, employers would go, oh, my goodness, this guy is incredible. And they would say, okay, fly to Pennsylvania. Well, he can't do that. So he would explain about his disability, and that was it. They didn't want to talk to him anymore. He became invisible. Oh, how many times have I heard that story? Well, listen, we're going to talk more about that, but we have to go to break for one minute. If you just joined us, we're with Deborah Rue, the president and founder of Tech Access. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Bringing you around the world, right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at one 866 
472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show, and here we are today talking to truly a great champion for all people with disabilities, Miss Deborah Rue, who is the president and founder of Tech Access in the United States. And we've been talking about uh, accessibility. Deborah, a question that we have here from Kansas from a Tom is, Deborah, do you go into corporations and make sure that their website is Bobby compliant or do they have to call you and ask you to come in? How does that process work? Well, as far as being Bobby compliant, most most of our clients are looking at it at a much higher level than just Bobby. Bobby's one way, um, which I think Bobby's owned by Watchfire now. But we um, we look at the law, the Section 508 of the Rehabilitation Act law. So we look at that, and we might even look at the W3C standards. And they're they're a lot more. Most people consider them a lot more robust than just Bobby. Bobby is one tool that you can use. So we don't look at Bobby compliant. We look at Section 508 compliant, or are there state laws if you're in state? Um, and then what we do is we um, we test the site, for example, and we will tell them um, not only the findings that we have if there's something wrong, but how to correct them. We will do training of their web developers because this is just part of the process. You don't fix it once and then hold your breath. You fix it and then you make it part of the process and you develop that way so that the site is always accessible. And, of course, uh, if you had any questions about this and you contacted Tech Access, they could, you would be able to take that high level and review their entire website, correct? Yes, yes. And we can do it in a lot of different ways. We can do it from just um, knowledge transfer to actually going in and testing it, seeing what's wrong, and even fixing it ourselves. We prefer to not do that because if we always fix it for you, then we haven't done a knowledge transfer. But sometimes customers want us to do that, so certainly the customer will do whatever the customer wants. Okay, um, we have a listener here in Philadelphia, Cindy, and her question is, uh, would you mind telling me, Deborah, at Tech Access, do you work with all areas of accessibility? And what I mean by that is do you work with various disabilities when it comes to accessibility beyond blindness, or do you have just a few areas you work in? Um, that's, a, that's a great question. What we do is our, empo- our employees represent all different types of disabilities and certainly all of the disabilities that can be impacted by accessibility, people uh, that are deaf or hard of hearing, people that are blind or vision impaired, um, mobility impairments, intellectual or cognitive impairments, and, a, and, and sometimes just a combination of a lot of them. Um, and so we work with all of that and we have a lot of expertise, but once again, the way we look at it when we're dealing with our clients is we're looking at what does the law tell you you have to do, and then after they get that nailed, then we move it up and say, how can we improve the accessibility, the usability, and the universal design of your product or your website, as opposed to looking at it just from the perspective of maybe 
a blind audience or a hard of hearing audience. We look at it, we harmonize it across disabilities, but keeping in mind what is what are the legal interpretations of it as well because a lot of our clients like HP and Canon, you know, they want to follow the law and the government clients certainly have to follow the 508 law. So we look at it in a, at a lot of different levels. And, and, you know, you really have to be careful because when that Section 508 came out, many firms jumped on this bandwagon, but you really have to make sure you're with someone credible, you know, like Tech Access, because just because someone says, oh, yes, we know about this, not everyone really knew about it, so you really have to be careful when you select the firm to make sure they understand how involved this really is. And that, it, and, and that, by the way, there are, as she said, various forms of assistive technology for various types of disabilities. Right. Um, and, I'm sh- and as Deborah's already told you, at her company, she has people with various disabilities working on site at the organization. Uh, Deborah, one thing that we run into frequently is that people who have significant disabilities, such as people who are blind or deaf or use, for example, augmentative communication, that it's very difficult uh, to break down that attitudinal barrier when it comes to competitive employment. Why do you think people think that? Well, I think the reason why they think that is, once again, awareness. I think when somebody's different, and we don't understand the difference, people will get uncomfortable. And a lot of times when when we do a training class, our instructors will be blind or they will have, you know, a hearing impairment in some cases or coming in a wheelchair or whatever. And what we do is try to put the audience at ease to let them know this is okay and this is what we're going to do to make you feel comfortable with the information we're presenting. And and once they really see the person just being a person, a lot of those fears will go away. But at the beginning, we always take the time to build some awareness into, right into the beginning of the program to sort of um, dismiss some of the fears that people might have because they haven't been exposed to it. Well, you are, as in my opinion, one of the experts in this country on Section 508, and you speak about this, I know, frequently. In your opinion, you know, are companies and agencies and everyone, are uh, federal contractors, are people really obeying this law? Well, I'll tell you, um, more people are obeying the law than they were in the past, and that doesn't really answer your question. But before I answer that, just to go back to something you said earlier, Joyce, when you're selecting somebody to help you with accessibility, select somebody that's willing to go with you if you're challenged on your accessibility. Say that you're taken to court or you are selling your services to a government agency and they're challenging you. That's what we do with our clients. We go all the way in with our clients. We don't just say, oh, yeah, it's accessible. Now, good luck with that. And it sort of goes back to the, then to this question. We do see we see a lot of people starting to make it part of their process, but there is still so much work to be done, and there are so many websites and so much technology that is still being being put out on the marketplace and software applications being sold to businesses that is not accessible, and nobody's even it's almost like nobody's even thought about it. And I think, how can nobody have known about this? So there's still so 
much work to do. But there are companies, big, big companies like HP and Canon and IBM and Microsoft that are paying attention to it. SAP, Oracle, or other examples, Avaya. So why are the giants paying attention to it? We, they obviously have found that it's a way to differentiate themselves. So all of the other companies need to be paying attention to what the leaders are doing because they've decided, huh, this is part of our strategy. This is a way to differentiate our products and to make sure it's available for anybody to purchase. And to, and that's the way we are in the United States. We let market drive a lot. Economics drive us in the United States. But there's still so much work to do that it it almost can get discouraging. But um. well, you know, <laughs> if all corporations had disability as part of diversity, yep, firmly as part of diversity, and had some type of process legally in place must adhere to Section 508 or, you know, must make sure this is evaluated. Think how much, think, think what would happen. I agree. I mean, and if we're not paying attention, we are going to get in big trouble with this because we are aging. The baby boomers started retiring last year. Um, we know, uh, according to The Economist magazine, we're going to have in three years a 10 million work, worker shortage. 10 million people were going to be short in the United States. And 2010. Just, uh, mm-hmm. Okay, and should we just offshore it all? No. How about if we look at who we have in our country today? And I'll tell you, part of what we do at Tech Access, we let people telework. Not all of our associates can telework. Some of our some of our employees report to a government agency every day, for example, at Department of Ed or USPTO. But those are the majority of my team telework. And if you're somebody with a very severe disability, it allows you to be so productive. And, you know, that is so true because think about this. When you have all these baby boomers retiring, there is going to be a group in this country that suddenly, and they already have power. We already know that AARP has power. But when you add this huge, huge number of baby boomers, oh, my goodness, this is going to get the attention of the media, of the presidential candidates, of everyone. And guess what? With aging comes disability. Yep. So therefore, you're really putting yourself at peril if you don't stop and say, hey, maybe we need to have a test. Maybe we need an evaluation. Maybe we need to know, hey, are we really doing this right? And if you are that company, that's why now would be the time to get in touch with Tech Access. And so I don't forget at this part of the show, Deborah, how do people reach you? What is the best way to reach you? Well, our website is www.techtecaccess. So T-E-C-A-C-C-E-S-S dot net. And our All right, so that's techaccess.net. And Deborah Rue, R-U-H, is the president and founder. Um, and we've got to go to break for one minute, then we'll be back to close the show with my friend and yours. Deborah Rue, this is Joyce Bender on Disability Matters. We'll be right back.
Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and Free Your Mind. Open your heart and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. 89%. All right, here we go. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We've been talking to Deborah Rue, the founder and president of Tech Access. And, Deborah, a question that I have for you, and I can relate, because, of course, I own Bender Consulting Services, but we have only been in business for 11 years. I myself have been in employment for over 25 years, but I know what it's like and I know how hard it is to start a small business. What are some of the biggest obstacles you've run into marketing as a small business? Because I know we've talked about this before, but you know it may be easy for a large corporation to say, hey, do this, do that, use all these other resources, but you know when you're a small company, you're doing it all. 
Yeah, I would say that's the biggest point right there in that when you're a small company, you're doing it all. You just have to wear so many hats. And and we're a small company like so many small companies in that, you know, cash flow um, can be a problem, especially because we have government clients. So sometimes that can affect our cap, the way our cash flows. And what we've gotten really good at is figuring out how to um, properly use the Internet. The Internet is an amazing communications tool. So telling our story, um, trying to get the story out in different free ways um, or in expensive ways, um, there's and networking your story and um, letting the media learn who you are and then getting them to help tell the story. Another thing we've done is with our clients, we've done some uh, joint media exposure uh, campaigns, and that's helped a lot because a lot of the, the real large companies, they have access to things that small companies, we're just not going to have access to. So Canon and Tech Access worked on a joint project together that we got a lot of a lot of marketing out of and HP has been really good a wonderful partner so using your partners and it becoming always always you want it to be a win-win for everybody it can't be you as a small company holding out your hand and going well hurry up give me more money it's you got to bring value to your clients but you know even when they're large clients bringing them value in like you've done Joyce Helping to tell the story of your clients. That yes, becomes well. Success. You know what? I'll tell you, Deborah. It, it's all. It's it's hard to do what you've done. I tell people frequently. You know, when they say, "Oh, tell everyone with a disability to be an entrepreneur." Of <laughs> course, I do have disabilities. I have epilepsy and a hearing loss. But that doesn't mean I tell everyone to be an entrepreneur. Just as I would not tell everyone with a disability to work in corporate America. You know, it, it has to be something that fits your skills and your aspirations. But let me say this. Being an entrepreneur is living it 24 hours a day and wearing every hat there is to wear. Wouldn't you agree with that, Deborah? Yes, I would agree with it. I have never, ever worked so hard in my whole life than I have as I've built Tech Access. And we won't even go about the reduction in salaries that I've had to take because I, I wanted to make a difference. I was doing it because Sarah, my daughter, inspired me. But I have never worked so hard. Forget weekends, nights, holidays. You're afraid not to work. <laughs> that is how it is. And you yes. live this and think about this all the time. Weekends, nighttime, all the time. You are living in, I mean, I'm like Deborah, I wouldn't do anything else. I'll be doing this as long as I live. But I'm just saying, when you become an entrepreneur, it is, it really takes firepower. So, you know, that's why I feel if you can do what you're doing now, Deborah, you can do anything. So, you know, congratulations to you. But um, it, it is harder for a small business because of so many, because of doing everything. Yep. And that's why I feel so many great entrepreneurs. Look at Bill Gates. Look at all these people that started in a small company. But, boy, um, 
it, it is a wonderful when you can direct your own your own future. So, Deborah, you've done so many great things and you've accomplished so much. Uh, I ask this question, by the way, to these last two questions to every single listener on the show. What are you proudest of? What is your proudest accomplishment? I, I would say my proudest accomplishment is taking a dream and making it into a reality and really providing a place where people of all different types of disabilities can have marketable, solid work to do. And and I really wanted, the, my vision was to create a technology company that was a best practice. We didn't want to be a nonprofit. We wanted to be a for-profit that said, wow, look at these amazing employees. And so I would say that's uh, the thing I'm most proud about is accomplishing at least that part of my vision. And, uh, and, and a great thing you have done. And, Deborah, if people want to follow what you're doing or where you are speaking, how would they do that? Um, go to my website, which is, once again, www.techtecaccess.net. A lot of times people will put a TCH in there, and I don't have an H in my name. It's TECaccess.net. And I love, I love to speak about the topic, so I, I definitely raise my hand to take on any speaking engagements that would be helpful. Now, you heard it. When you're looking for speakers on accessibility, you know, here you have the founder and president of Tech Access that you can reach. And one more time, www.tecaccess.net. Is that correct? Yes, it is. So make sure you get in, in touch with the company so you can have Deborah speak at one of these events. She is the expert uh, in this area. And, Deborah, if you are speaking different places, would they know this by looking at your website? Um, we did have it out on my website, and I think we're going to put the 2007 calendar out there. Uh, I don't think we've loaded it yet for 2007. Okay, well, that's good. Once you get it out there, that way we can know and our listeners can know. And also, Deborah, you know, this show will be archived on voiceamerica.com and on BenderConsult.com so that if you are interested in this show, using any information from this show, you will be able to go to those archives and to go to the show. Um, so, you know, if you if you know someone that's interested, come back and listen again so you can get back in touch with uh, Deborah. Deborah, what, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Um, please consider a qualified person with a disability as an employee. You will not regret it. And don't just try one person. That's just not fair to anybody. Try different people and give people with disabilities a chance. You will not regret it. And please make your technology accessible to everyone. Yes, what a great message. And that goes to everyone, businesses included. You can avoid so many problems by doing it right the first time. And remember, why wouldn't you? There's 54 million Americans with disabilities. I would think that you would want these people as your consumers. But if they can't get in, they can't buy anything. Right, Deborah? That's correct. That's and that correct. includes get in through your website. Right, and they'll go somewhere else if they can't get through yours. That's right, and then you lose that business. So, you know, remember, people with disabilities want to buy what you have also. 
can't buy it if I can't get in. Can't get in the website, can't purchase what you have. So that is so absolutely critical, especially with today with so much Internet buying. I mean, I know so many people that no longer go holiday shopping to the stores. They just purchase everything over the Internet. So knowing there's that huge and continuing large volume of opportunity, why would you not want to be accessible? So here's someone that can help you, Deborah Rue with Tech Access. Deborah, I just want to tell you I'm very proud of what you do, and I'm also very inspired by, you know, how Sarah caused all this to happen, but how you have helped so many people with disabilities. Um, I just only wish you the very best year you've ever had at Tech Access, and, you know, thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you so much, Joyce, for everything you're doing, and I so appreciate being on the show. It is our honor to have you as our guest. Well, you listen today to Deborah Ruth, the president and founder of Tech Access, and at the end of every show, we always end the show with a quote by a famous civil rights leader or person with a disability, and today that quote is from Helen Keller, who said, the most pathetic person in the world is someone who has sight but no vision. Isn't that what it's all about with accessibility? Thank you so much for joining us today. We will look forward to talking to you next week. You've been listening to Joyce Bender, the voice of voiceamerica.com, where disability does matter. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.